0: Hello, and welcome to Talking Opinions. I am your host, Anthony Livingston Hall. (laughs) Trust me, folks, the last thing I expected to be doing in 2021 is blogging or podcasting about Donald Trump. In fact, I even shaved my head on New Year's Day to create a metaphorical clean slate for continuing those two avocational activities. It was very therapeutic, and I highly recommend it to treat the malignant Trumpism we were all exposed to over the past four years. But then came the insurrection of January 6th, uh, by the way, why do we all say January 6 and not 1 6? After all, we all say 9 11 and not September 11, no? Anyway, I have to tell you, if I had one transvestite bone in my body, I might have been tempted to wear a wig before resuming the fight against Donald J. Trump. But it only took a few keystrokes to realize that, unlike Samson, I did not need one strand of hair to fight at full strength. And so I banged out a series of blog commentaries in fairly short order and recorded a seminal episode here titled MAGA Madness, Trump Insights Insurrection at US Capitol on January 9. The point is that I feel as obligated to present this final episode on his second impeachment as a boxer would to fight the final round of a championship fight. So here goes. Donald Trump is the first politician in US history to convince the vast majority of a major political party that he can do no wrong. Even worse, he has convinced the few members who routinely condemn him for doing wrong that he should never be punished for doing so. (laughs) Clearly, that is idol worship worthy of the proverbial Antichrist. Sure enough, most Republicans have sacrificed every ounce of political and even personal integrity at the altar of Trump's ambition, and they have done so in ways that seem both comprehensive and incomprehensible in equal measure. In fact, my blog is replete with commentaries damning them for behaving as if Trump is the leader of a religious cult. I will share titles to four that are on point, but they also link to related ones that can take you down the rabbit hole where you'll find Republicans religiously defying common sense to hail their faith in Trump above all else. 1. Republicans abandon faith and values to hail Trump as chosen by God on March 6, 2019. 2. Republicans knew from day one that supporting Trump was like Israelites worshipping the golden calf. On November 23, 2019. 3. Republicans whining about partisan impeachment of Trump is Orwellian claptrap. On January 31, 2020. 4. Impeachment vote. Hail Mitt for daring to convict on February 6, 2020. Uh, Given all that, you might wonder why I expressed any hope that enough Republicans would come to their senses to convict Trump of inciting the insurrection of January 6. But I reasoned that Just as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defied conventional wisdom to defeat the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, the Republicans could do the same to convict Trump. (laughs) Except, I suppose, that would have been tantamount to winning both the Powerball and Mega Millions jackpots in the same week. And so... This unprecedented second impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump ended with Republican senators showing even greater moral depravity and shamelessness to acquit him than jurors in the murder trial of O.J. Simpson showed to acquit him. But at least the jury foreman in O.J.'s case had the decency to stand by that verdict the Republican leader in Trump's case did not. Instead, the Democrats who prosecuted Trump had barely left the Senate chamber when Republican leader Mitch McConnell stood and delivered a diatribe that effectively echoed the closing argument they had just delivered against Trump. You've probably seen clips of McConnell denouncing him for feeding his supporters wild lies, to prepare them for insurrection the way a farmer feeds his sheep wild oats, to fatten them for slaughter. He mocked Trump for throwing the longest temper tantrum in history, just because he lost the election. He condemned him for his disgraceful and unforgivable dereliction of duty as the insurrection unfolded. And then he damned him to hell, if not to prison, by insisting that there is no question, none whatsoever, that Trump is practically and morally responsible for everything that happened on that day of infamy. And so, just as it was with the first impeachment, McConnell and most Republicans made clear their belief that Trump is as guilty as sin but they made equally clear that they just don't have the spine to stand up and be counted when it comes to punishing him. Still, it is noteworthy that this time six other Republicans showed profiles in courage by standing with Mitt Romney of Utah to put country above Trump. In doing so, they made this the most bipartisan impeachment in U.S. history. Therefore, I feel obliged to cite their names for the record. They are, in no particular order, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Richard Burr of North Carolina, Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Ben Sass of Nebraska, and Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania. No less noteworthy, though, is the way Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi reacted to McConnell's head-spinning, gaslighting attempt to frame the historical record in a light most favorable to himself because she could barely contain her indignation and contempt given the galling and hypocritical nature of his post-acquittal remarks. Because, you see, McConnell also criticized Democrats for not holding the impeachment trial while Trump was still in office. This, even though he knew full well that he steadfastly refused their request to recall the Senate from recess to hold a speedy trial precisely to avoid that very criticism. (laughs) Imagine the nerve of that. Well, given his remarks, you'd never know that McConnell spent the past four years masterminding every legislative and judicial feature of Trump's dystopian presidency. Say what you will about other Republican sycophants, like Senators Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham, at least they make no apologies and suffer no scruples for supporting Trump unconditionally. Uh, Speaking of which... We all know about the perverse cuckoldry of Cruz becoming even more sycophantic after Trump publicly humiliated his wife. But Graham takes the cake. After all, this um, sucker impeached former President Bill Clinton for getting a blowjob. So the only thing that could possibly explain his sycophancy is the fear of Trump leaking pictures of him giving one. And yes, this is the same Graham who, on the night of the January 6th insurrection, stood up in the Senate and admonished fellow Republicans that the time had come to end what had been a hell of a journey with Trump. Yet, within 24 hours, he was virtually back on his knees, doing Trump's bidding. In a case of the life of American politics, imitating the art of Brokeback Mountain, you could see Graham crawling back, wagging his tail between his legs, and bemoaning to Trump, I wish I knew how to quit you. <laughs> In any case, Trump's reprieve is bound to be short-lived. Remarkably, his own dim-witted lawyer warned as much. I mean, he actually argued that impeachment was unnecessary because prosecutors could now try Citizen Trump for any crime he may have committed as President of the United States. Uh, incidentally. Am I the only one who thought Trump's Philly Lawyer made my cousin Vinnie look like Perry Mason? <laughs> but seriously, Trump's disrespect just kept piling on. First he sicked his MAGA mob to desecrate the sanctity of the Senate. Then he dispatched his mobster lawyer to insult the intelligence of the Senators. Of course, Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance has been chasing him on charges of tax and insurance fraud, like Inspector Javert chasing Jean Valjean after his escape from prison. I have written about this Les like pursuit in commentaries like, Karmic Irony, Trump pardons cronies but he and kids end up in prison on August 4, 2020. And the tax returns cometh. Trump literally can't afford to lose the election on October 5, 2020. With all due respect to his lawyer, however, here is how I warned in the January 9 episode I mentioned earlier about the Damoclean sword of prosecution that will be dangling over the head of citizen Trump. He would do better to plea bargain than risk impeachment, not to mention the legal jeopardy he would face after impeachment, which ironically would rest primarily with two black women, namely New York State Attorney General Letitia James and Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis both of whom I suspect are salivating at the prospect of indicting Trump on state charges that lie beyond his presidential pardon powers. Yes, he was acquitted yet again, but his legal woes have only just begun. Just ask OJ. Uh, That's it, and if you liked it, please subscribe. It's free. If you'd like to contact me, I invite you to email anthonyhall279 at gmail.com or use the contact feature on my blog at www.ipjn.com. Thank you for listening, and until the next Talking Opinions, goodbye.